Hey, welcome to One for the Road with Sarah and crew. This is our first podcast, so uh, let's cue in uh, Boss Gags. Oh, no, you're right, we can't. We have to use unlicensed music. Okay, so this podcast is going to be broken down into about six to eight segments, uh, 10 to 15 minutes each. So it'll be fun. It'll be something different. And if you don't like one segment, keep your hands on the wheel because you're bound to like the next one. It's all about relatability. Okay, I need some help. Uh, which segment should we start off with? 50 cents, uh, advice from people over 50 who have lived, uh, drives me crazy, which are just basically things that drive you freaking crazy. What you watching? Tabbouleh, which is uh, sex and food. Oh, I love that one. Uh, the Lost Art of Social Graces, Bridging the Gap with Talk, Tech, and Tattoos, The F Word, this might be my total favorite segment, Love in the Land, which is getting cozy local in Cleveland, and we're going to end it with Quote of the Day and break that down. Okay. Hi, you guys. I have my my crew here, and I have my daughter, my favorite middle daughter, Josie, Hello. and her boyfriend, Ian. Hi. Hi, guys. Thank you for coming on One for the Road. You're welcome. I totally had a choice to come <laughs> or not. So I just want you to explain why... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just made the funniest face. Okay. So I just want you to explain to everyone and me again why you wanted to make this podcast and why you wanted to name it One for the Road. Why a podcast, you ask? Why not, I say. For me, 2020 is about acting on, not just talking about an idea, anything. Kicking procrastination right in the ass, simply facing your fears. This podcast equipment sat in my kitchen, on my kitchen table, for about 30 days before I even had the nerve to speak into the microphone. This experiment has so many moving parts and progression is one of them. Does the audio need some work? Yes. Does it flow like Joe Rogan's? Hell no. Could it be considered corny, cheesy, or superficial? Yep. Outside of my comfort zone? Most definitely. Then why listen? Because the news sucks and the road is long. It's family friendly, right? Wrong. Are you a Cleveland fan? Then forge on until the end and listen to Love in Your Land and a little bit from Patrick Houston Daly. So I did explain in my intro the different segments that we were going to be talking about, um, but I forgot addiction. And that is a huge segment. That's going to be probably a show in itself. Um, we'll talk about how addiction has touched our family how we've dealt with it. You can actually be a call-in if you're not here. You can be my first caller. Okay, that sounds good. But today, let's go dive right into what you're watching. Okay. Ian, what are you watching right now? Um, well, right now I watch a lot of shows. I mostly watch whatever Josie makes me watch when I come over. <laughs> so I think Josie could definitely jump more into what she's watching right now. Well, we just finished Watchmen last night. And what I, do you think? I don't really know how I feel. I also never watched the movie, and I think 
that's what it's based off of. Um, it was just kind of all over the place. I'm not usually when I watch a first season of a show, I'm eager and can't wait for the second season. But about this show, I just don't really care when it comes out. I didn't even look it up. I think the if weird there factor even is going to be a second season. I just don't really care because I didn't love it that much. Right. It was a little too. The weird factor is just way off the chart. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Have has there been a series that has like taken you hostage? Oh, Game of Thrones. For sure. Game but of I Thrones haven't, for you? I mean, I'm still looking for another, for a Game of, Thrones, Game of Thrones level show, and I just don't think there ever will be one. There isn't another one right now. What about you, Ian? Uh, I wouldn't say there are any shows right now that have lately been ones that I've really gotten into. I think a lot of the shows that I do get into is mostly just because a lot of people watch them, so just having something to talk about with my friends has been the only reason I've watched a lot of shows. Just relating more with Josie and the show she watches. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. I watch a lot of shows. Um, Peaky Blinders oh. is one every single season I, I am looking forward to. Yeah, so that was probably the series that took me in and that, didn't and, let me go. And Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, but Peaky Blinders, I mean, who doesn't love Tom Thomas Shelby? Shelby? But that is one that, honest to God, I would look around my bedroom and see the breakfast lunch and dinner plates in my bedroom yeah it's hard it's hard to i mean i cancel doctor's appointments yeah i i can lay in bed all day and watch watch uh, any show but especially peaky blinders yeah i would say that's probably my favorite i watched i watched breaking bad a couple months ago too and about how many seasons, I don't know how many seasons there were, but it was, it was decently long, and I watched it in two weeks. Okay, so what do you guys think about um, subtitles? Because Peaky Blinders was the first show, I think, um, I had to use subtitles. And once you start getting in the habit of um, subtitles in, your, in anything you're watching, you can't yeah. not watch a series without the subtitles. Yeah, I, I need that. I, what, I got into the habit, I think, maybe with... Maybe with Game of Thrones, definitely Peaky Blinders. I need them on, but yeah, we were, we were talking about this the other day. You actually, I learned new words. I know the spelling of words. Yeah, segue. I can't get over this still. Segue, like not not the the noun, the little scooter, bike, two wheel thing, but the is it a verb? The verb? No, it's, it's not a verb. A Adverb. Um, segue to segue into something from one topic to another is spelled S E G U E, and I still can't get over that. I didn't even know what that word was. Yeah, I don't know how to spell, so doesn't yeah. amaze me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a question for you guys: Do you think, because of all the wonderful shows streaming, that you guys and people your age? You guys are 22, 23? Yep. Uh, read less. For sure. I used to read. All the time. All the time. Constantly reading. I'm trying to get back into it, but it's hard when there are so many great shows. Yeah. It's just the access to a lot of the shows now is just so much easier than... I mean, they had a subscription service that was books. Maybe people would 
read a lot more, but it's just so much easier, and there's so much more content online now that's a little more difficult to get yourself to read rather than binge watch three seasons of a certain episode, a certain show. Well, I actually just signed up for this book of the month thing, and they it's ten dollars a month, and they send you you get to pick between five books, and they'll send you one, but it hasn't. I mean, I've liked the books, but if I could choose between watching re-watching Handmaid's Tale with my roommate because it was her first time watching it and reading, I would pick re-watching Handmaid's. Just because, I don't know. If your friends don't read books, you're not going to read books. Like the whole reason why people watch shows is because of the social aspect to it, being able to discuss it with your friends. Like something to do on like a Friday night if you're not like going out to dinner or something to something to sit around a table and talk about. So it's that's almost good, like a book club, but a, a right. show club. And I think that's a, that's a good point. So small talk. Say you're in an elevator or you uh, run into somebody and you don't know what to say. And it used to be a joke like you talk about the weather, right? Like, oh, what a beautiful day out today. Or, um, oh, I hope it doesn't rain. At least we got sun. It's just like small talk about the weather. And I think... Like what you what you watching, anything good? What's streaming? What's your favorite? Has really kind of taken over that that uh, it's something we all have in common. <laughs> you can, sorry, we're in our kitchen, and we have a cockatiel. It, it, you might have thought that we we're like podcasting from a tropical location, but that is just our bird. So if it's annoying, we're sorry. But it will not die. We have had it. <laughs> We've had he's, it. He's, uh, how old is he? He's 13? 14? I don't know. You got it when you were in fourth grade. Yeah, he's th- I think he's 14. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Okay, so I want to ask you guys if you, if there's a certain movie or series that you just cannot watch because you feel that um, one of the characters in it was completely miscast. And I, I'll share first what I feel. Um, the movie that was out this year, The Art of Racing in the Rain, ha- is about a dog um, from the dog's point of view, written... I didn't from, watch it. From the dog's point of view. Anyway, Kevin Costner is the dog's voice. And, you know, he's got Ooh, a deep, yes. sexy voice. But the problem is, is that when the dog was a puppy, it's still Kevin Costner. So... There's this puppy, and it's Kevin Costner's voice. And then it grows up, and it's still Kevin Costner. I think they should have used... A boy. A boy. Yes. For the puppy. Yeah. And that bothered me so much. Maybe like one of the kids from Stranger Things. Anybody. Yeah. Except a man. And you could tell he kind of tried a little bit, but it didn't work. And Ew. I could not... Um, I couldn't watch it. Well, and I love I'm the actor. sorry. I didn't see that, but that would also make me uncomfortable if he tried to sound like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm interested. <laughs> All right. So are there any movies or series that you guys feel that, you know, you just felt like somebody was really miscast? Miscast? Silence. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I can think of right now. Uh, perfectly, how, can we talk about a perfectly casted show? Yes. This Is Us. Yeah, they right. kill it every single time. Every age that those kids and Kevin, right. Kate, and uh, Randall are at, they. It's, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, even the from appearance to yeah, 
Yeah, the amazing actors. It's it is incredible, and they're all so good at it, and they all look so similar. But miscasting, I'm not quite sure. The art of racing in the rain just kind of stood out. So, before we go into our next segment, okay. So, Josie, hands down your favorite miniseries. Miniseries or whatever they're called. Series. Game of Thrones. Okay, Ian. Uh, it's gonna sound generic, but The Office is. Oh yeah. Oh. All time. Yeah, that's gotta it's gotta be up there. Succession so far. I mean, there's only been two seasons, but it's it's really getting up there for me. So. Yeah, that is good. Love that. What about yours? Uh, Peaky Blinders, hands down. It's his. It's a period piece. Peaky Blinders over Handmaids? Uh, I would say yes. I, Those are your top two, though? Yeah. Peaky Blinders, Handmaids, for sure. Yeah. And if you haven't watched Peaky Blinders, do yourself a favor and watch it. Um, I think we've just gotten so spoiled, so used to good writing, that if, we're, if we turn on a new series and we don't like, like the first 20 minutes... Right. If you don't like it, you change it. There's so many options. Right. It's like we want this instant gratification. And Peaky Blinders does that. For I mean, me. I still watch. There's three shows that I'm watching week to week on TV This Is Us, Grey's Anatomy, and A Million Little Things. And I hate waiting week to week. It's horrible. Yeah, see, I don't do that week to week. I wait until it's completely done, and then I'll binge watch it. I know, but. Then I can't go on Twitter if I'm not watching it each week because there's so many spoilers. People people are tweeting about it, so I gotta. I don't twit or I, tweet. I know. <laughs> I know you don't, but us young folk. Yes. Us millennials. Okay, so we're going to segue Crazy Spelling oh. into the F word. Oh God. So when you guys were little. Um. I got really mad at him for swearing around you. And then as he got older and I lost control. Yeah, you kind of just stopped caring. I mean, you kind of, you, in high school, you would get mad at us for swearing. Right. Like, watch your mouth. Yeah. And then You don't sound, it's not pretty, it's not attractive when you swear. I don't care about being attractive. If swearing makes me unattractive, I don't want to be with, I don't know. Wait, hold on. I need to re-say that. I think the fucking F word is a great word. You can use it in every instance. Anyway. Do you think we've become desensitized? I do. Yeah. And I have some examples. Well, sometimes I'll hear someone say it, and I'm like, that was, so, that was just so unnecessary. Right. You but didn't I, need to say that, but carefully placed, I think it can be... Effective. I think we have become desensitized to it. Not just music. Um, I've noticed the last five years it has become such a part of the retail world. Um, oh, on I, shirts and t-shirts, I'll you mean? I'll give you some examples that I have right here. So your dad ordered oh. a hat that says um, Sheehan and Company. Sheehan is uh, our last name. Gosh, I probably shouldn't have said that, but what do I fucking care? Uh, Sheehan and Company. Be fucking polite. Silver Lake, California. Okay, and then a dish towel that I saw that I bought. 
that says, when life gives you lemons, throw those fuckers. <laughs> and then, of course, we have <laughs> the fuck button. What? Somebody gave it to him because, obviously, he swears a lot and he uses that word. So I'm just going to, here we go. Ready? This is a little button that uh, requires batteries that is for your desk or wherever. Okay, ready? Fuck this. Okay. Well, I guess I'm fucked again. <laughs> you go outside and play high and go fuck off. <laughs> fuck fuck. I saw a t-shirt with that. Fuckity fuck fuck. I love that. I'm fucking done. Oh, that's a good one. Two words, one finger. Fucking ass. Yeah, I think it's funny. One time I, I swore, I said the fucking F word in front of dad and his friends. And he looks at me and goes, hey, potty mouth. I go, where do you think I learned it from? You can't, you can't be hypocritical. All right. I'm going to say it if you say it. Okay, my favorite Christmas card I got this year was, it's beginning to look a lot like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a great one. Yeah. Um... You use it sparingly, I feel like. I use it sparingly depending on who I'm with. Because I think because I was the oldest in my family and coming from an Asian family too, we don't swear a ton in the house. And I think my parents, they definitely tried to when I was younger to not swear as much. But since like I've left the house and they've gotten older, they've kind of given less of a filter with the rest of my family. But... I do use it a lot with my friends, but I try to use it sparingly in front of you guys and my family, definitely. But it's definitely creeped more into, I think, a lot of the language that a lot of people our generation use and just everything we see, every song we listen to, they definitely use it a lot more than they used to. Right. Again, being desensitized to the F word, is, it's become just part of our, our culture. It's really kind of a fascinating word if you think about it. It can be used as a, a noun, a verb, a... What are the other parts of speech? <laughs> An adverb? Buckley? An adverb? Adjective? <laughs> yeah, no, I think people, there's not... There wasn't really a, a for sure definition of it until, I think, recently, but people just use it all over the place. And yeah. I, I agree with Josie, too, that people use it to emphasize it in unnecessary times. I mean, I respect people that don't want to hear it. I mean, I didn't want to hear it when you guys were little. Um, I used to play tennis, and I would swear on the court. And, you know, people would laugh and, and think it's funny, and I was kind of known for this, oh, my gosh, there she goes again. But then somebody came up to me and said, you know, I really am offended. Um, <laughs> and don't laugh and I felt so bad so I really really tried not to swear when I was playing tennis and I it's why are hard they but I did why are they offended though they were because they were um, Mormon oh and well that's yeah respectable no and I love this woman and um, you know I from then on out I really made an effort to respect if, if somebody doesn't like something you're doing around you it is it is you gotta if they, if they bring it up to you, also that's respectable. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because that probably took a lot for her. Right. Or maybe it didn't. I don't know. No, it did. It did, and I apologized. Remember, it's never too late for an apology. Yeah. I mean, you have to really watch your speech around a lot of different people you're with. Like, if you're, I'm, I don't really care if I'm around my friends, but if I'm around my eight-year-old brother, I definitely don't right. want to be talking like that in front of him just for, I don't want to be the one blamed if he's the, he's the person who says it and I'm the last person that was heard to come out of my mouth. But yeah, you definitely have to, and I think it's the same way for a lot of words too. Just the way you talk definitely has to change given the people you're talking around. I concur. Thank you. Okay, so basically, attention parents, if you swear in your household, your children will swear. Uh, my mom, her favorite swear word was, well, she used to say, God damn it, all the time. God damn it. You say, shit, man. I know, I do. All the time. I don't know where, where that came I from. That? I don't know, but I've started to say it because you say it. And I'll, I, I used to make fun of you for saying I it. I noticed that. And I said it the other day. And I was like, shit. <laughs> Shit, man. I don't know why. It, I think it sounds like it's the lesser of a... I don't know. It sounds better than... Shit, man. God damn it. Less harsh of a word. Yeah. Shit, man. More lighthearted. I guess. Okay. The lost art of social graces, you guys. This is really important to me. I know I was really adamant about you guys writing thank you notes when you were growing up. For everything. And I think it's carried on into your 20s, right? You still write thank you notes? I do my best. I know. So, attention parents. This is so important. And I know that it might not be important to your generation, but it is to mine and it is to your grandparents, my parents, to receive that thank you note, that handwritten note. Unfortunately, I agree Unfortunately, I don't think it's as important to our generation. So I think this is and will continue to be a lost art. I mean, I, I know there, I mean, I'll hopefully continue to do this, but when my friends and I get each other gifts, we do not expect a thank you not note at all. And why do you think that is? I don't know, because we know that we're grateful. Like we show each other that we're grateful in other ways. But you send a text, right? Yeah, text or call text, them or, yeah. A texting nice has replaced the thank you note. Yeah. Or a phone call or an email. What do you think, Ian? I just think there's a lot, a lot more different ways to communicate thanks through like a ton of different mediums now that like an email, a text. Like we find meaning for our generation in different ways to like say thank you to one another. Or even, sorry, no, keep going. I don't want to. No, that's like. Yeah. I had to say for that. Also, I, it's so easy now with FaceTime. If you're across the country from someone and you want to say thank you, you FaceTime them and you can tell them to their face. Oh, good point. Yeah. How grateful you are. Or if you're with them, you hug them and say thank you so much. I mean, people are so great. I. Everyone that I know is so grateful when they receive gifts. But we don't, and so you don't expect. But would you agree when you receive a handwritten note in yeah, the mail? Yeah, it is, it is really nice. But I, I don't even know if I think any more of it than someone taking the time to send a long text or leave a voicemail. Right. I know this is Maybe something. a little bit more, but also 
It bothers me that your generation doesn't feel that way. Well, it bothers me when you guys don't know how to text and you have to use voice activation. Wait. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. I am kidding. I am kidding. Oh my gosh, the best one. Is <laughs> you tried to say use grandma's sax card, like her off fifth or uh, Fifth Avenue sax, sax Fifth Avenue card, and you said use grandma's sex card. <laughs> I said, excuse me. OMG, sax. <laughs> no, I was texting Griffin to come home and oh. and hose the Karen oh. poop off the dock, <laughs> yeah. and I was using voice activation and it. I, it, it said hair and poop <laughs> off the your, dick. Off your dick. <laughs> <laughs> I scarred him for life because he was like 12 years old. He's <laughs> like, what, mom? And I was like, oh my God. The hair and poop off the dog. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, back to thank you notes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right, so please promise me one thing. When you have kids. Yeah, I'll definitely make the kids, my kids, do that. But Or I'm not going to give them any gifts. I'm just going to say, if, if, if I'm going to, say I write a check yes, for, you, will. you know, $50, $25, 10 I don't care the amount. I don't care if it's $5. I'm going to expect a handwritten thank you note from my grandchildren. I'm just letting you know right now. Okay. Are you okay with that? Sure. Okay. It's going to be up to you to continue this art. I mean, I know nobody's... Well, why haven't all your friends... Why is this all on me? Why haven't your friends and your generation told their kids this, well, this too, huh? Well, this is why I'm doing this podcast. Okay. People need to know. Parents need to know. You guys blame everything on us, but who raised us? Who? Oh, wait. I raised you to write thank you notes. So I know. I'm, I'm just saying. No, no, no. I'm just in general. Everyone's like, oh, this generation doesn't do this. They don't do this. Well, is that our fault? Wait, you so raised us. Let's get this straight. We are, my parents are the baby boomers. Yes. Right? We are Generation X. Yes. Then the generation millennials, is, millennials. It cuts oh, off at 95. So we're not even millennials. Ian and I are Gen Y. So what's in between the Generation X and the millennials? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. The oldest millennials are like 37. It's 24, it's 24 to, 24 to 37. Okay. So your generation. Why? Me. Me, me, me. Oh yeah. Me. (laughs) Selfish. Selfies, the generation, the selfie generation. Mm. Okay. So anyway, yes, I'm putting this all on your shoulders to get the word out. Tell all your friends when they are parents that you make a pact that they are going to teach their children how to write thank you notes even though they can't write cursive they can't read cursive when griffin gets a note from my mom he's like mom can you read this i can't read her writing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, thank you it, it just they don't look pretty anymore because none of us write cursive i mean some people do but mine doesn't look good so i'm not i would i, I don't know I wouldn't worry about how pretty it looks. You can buy a pretty thank you card. Even if your writing is like a doctor's. No offense, doctors. <laughs> but what about, how do you guys feel about um, giving up a seat for adults? 
I know. I think I always. I think I did a pretty good job. No, always. But this is something that really bothers me because I think. Well, you notice it when I other people it. don't. I I notice it too because you ingrained that so much in our heads. I did, but I have cousins, and we have cousins that they're, you know, my cousins didn't teach their kids yeah. to do this, and we'll be sitting around in a big room. And their seven-year-old child is taking up a big seat. And a grandparent walks in and they don't tell their child to please get up. Right. And that's rude. Yeah. Well, and it's awkward, too, because it's not like I'm going to say, excuse me. Um, and sometimes I do if the parent's not there. I'm like, up, oh, up, oh, you're up. Obviously, yeah, I think grandpa. that's allowed. I mean, you're still family. Right. It takes a village. So this is another thing that is important, I think, to pass down is that it's socially appropriate wherever you are to give up your seat for an elderly person or an adult even if they're even if they're 40 and they're an adult a 7-year-old should not have that seat or a 14-year-old should not have that seat they should know enough to get up and offer it to the adult you guys agree yes yeah and i see that a lot um, over the summer when i was working in the city, just on the subway, a lot of people, I would always get up if someone else got on the train, like a, like a pregnant woman or just someone older than me. Definitely if there's like an elder, elderly person that's trying to stand on the subway, I would definitely get up and like offer them my seat. But I definitely saw, I mean, that too, the same idea where people just aren't aware of their surroundings because everyone's on their phone constantly or mm-hmm. has headphones in that most of the time people just don't notice other people around them that may be older than them and they could offer their seat to. So I think just one, just awareness, and two, just having been brought up through a system that you're actually willing to give up your seat to someone that's older than you. I think I'm just more inclined to do it because a lot of Asian families are big fans of hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So whenever I was sitting somewhere and I saw my grandparents get in, we'd always get them a seat first before anyone else tried to figure out where they were sitting. So I think it's just the family you grew up in is a big play into it and the people you're around. And just, I guess if you're a decent person too. I mean, if you want to see somebody smile and that make that personal connection wherever you are in the world, you give up your seat for somebody and it is just this, it, it not only does it make you feel good, it makes that other person feel good. And it is something that I can't believe that parents don't instill anymore in their kids. And I'm not saying that nobody does, but... I'm maybe I'm hypersensitive to it because it was something that was instilled in us and I instill it in you guys. But when I, when I am in a public place and I see that uh, teenager sitting there and somebody walks in, it, it just, it drives me up the wall. I mean, I just want to yank them out of the chair and say, you know, didn't your parents teach you to give up your seat? Well, maybe they didn't, and that's the issue. Right. So it's our job to get the message out there to parents. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, and what about when you're waiting for a table in a restaurant? And it's first come, first serve, okay? And and the, the restaurant is packed, and you see a table that is almost done. You can tell they're almost done because what they have their bill and they're just kind of sitting around. Have you ever noticed people that are hovering that actually will hover over their table? 
waiting for them to get up. There is nothing ruder than, is that a word? Ruder? Sure. Or more rude? You can do that. Ruder than hovering. I think that's usually older people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think our generation has better manners in restaurants by far. 100%. We treat, we treat waitresses, waiters, and people in the service industry better than you guys do. Hmm. That's interesting. I have seen. Yeah. Well, I think. The Twitter community agrees. It is a common daily topic. Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> Another reason that guy And we tip tweeting. better. We tip better than you guys. Yeah. I would agree. Yep. Well, not than me. Not than you. Okay. Not than sure. Dad, but maybe yeah. not. I mean, we're in the restaurant industry, so we understand. But right. our generation, every, everyone always tweets about how they get better tips from younger kids than older. So I think as community. we age, um, our filter becomes thinner. And I think that I'm seeing that in my parents. And I don't know if you're seeing that in, in us, but I'm noticing that in my parents, um, they're more apt to say something publicly to offend. And that is a, that is a normal, not a symptom. That's a normal process of aging. Right. I mean, that's a known thing. Right. It's, It's not just, and I don't give a fuck anymore. It's like, you really, not to say deteriorate I mean it's not like a you're losing it kind of thing but well I hope if you see something that I'm doing right you I know you oh I'll call you out yeah you keep me on my toes yeah uh oh tropical rainforest here (laughs) (laughs) oh listen to (laughs) wait maybe the his singing should be the intro (laughs) He, he knows the Andy Griffith theme, theme song. Yeah, he, we have to ask him if that's allowed. Will he give, right, us, give right. his rights over? I know, that was something that's so disappointing to me about, um, like, in preparing to for ideas for the podcast. I was like, oh my gosh, um, in the segment called 50 Cents, I'll have 50 cent, a 50 Cent song. And then... Um, yeah, he needs the money. I don't blame him for giving his stuff away. He's like <laughs> broke. Who, 50 Cent? Yeah. I don't even know what. I couldn't name one song. But um, also, uh, drives me crazy. Things that drive you crazy. Fine young cannibals. She drives me crazy. Come on. What person my doesn't... Okay. Okay, Cedric. Doesn't think that that song is one of the best songs. You lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's him, right? Yeah, no way. 50 Cent is in power. Yeah. Dad loves that. He, he, he wasn't doing too too hot for... Are we recording? Yep. He wasn't doing too hot for a little bit right there, but I think he's back on back on top. Yeah. So I, I apologize, Fiddy. Yeah. If you listen to this... <laughs> I am sorry. You guys will not be part of that segment, the 50 cents, because it's advice from people over 50. So okay. I'll wait for dad. Okay. So drives me crazy. Pretend you're hearing the fine young cannibals. She drives me crazy. Okay. Uh, what drives you crazy, you guys? 
when people chew with their mouth open. This, I don't under, I do not understand how parents are not yelling at their kids to keep their mouth shut. I don't, I don't get it. Agree. It is the most annoying thing. I, I have, it's called misophonia, mouth noises. I can't, sometimes in podcasts, if they don't have this, this little buffer thing, can't listen to it. Stop chewing with your mouth open. Stop doing it. It's rude, and I can't concentrate on anything. Okay, and I want to hit you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I get really heated. I hate it so much. I guess that really drives you crazy. It does. Ian, anything? Um, just being a college student, just general cleanliness of an apartment <laughs> or house. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the cleanest person in the world, but this I know that these kids that I live with, their houses or their homes with their parents is definitely not as dirty as my apartment is. So just keeping up a general level of... Cleanliness? <laughs> Are you talking about personal hygiene as well? Or just, you know, like a messy yeah, I mean, apartment? I don't care if you shower like every three days or so, but just keep the apartment or the shared spaces relatively clean. Um, I like to say that I'm pretty clean. What'd you say? I'm pretty clean? Yeah, you're very clean. Yeah, just like keeping the general spaces that we all share clean, like having the dishes washed and making sure like stuff is where it should be and you don't have trash laying out for a week and a half. Yeah. I'll, like, I'll throw it away, but I'm not going to like it. And I'll do it a few times, but after a few more times, I'm going to be pretty upset with you. I would say that I used to think it was um, a guy thing, but definitely not. I, I think it's a, it goes equally. Why are uh, you looking at me? No, definitely oh. not you. No. Okay, thank you. But we have somebody that is oh. in our family that is <laughs> would be borderline, you know, messy to say the least. Sure. Yep. What 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 uh, bothers you? Uh oh gosh, let me go down my list. Okay, first thing that drives me crazy is when I'm invited to a party at somebody's house, and you are made to take off your shoes. That fucking drives me crazy because your shoes can be part of your outfit. Okay. And what if you go to somebody's house, say it's new year's Eve or a dinner party, whatever. No, no special occasion, just invited for dinner and you go to their house and there's a sign, please take shoes off. And you go, Oh my God, my socks have holes in them. And you don't want to take off your shoes. Not because maybe, maybe you're not embarrassed about your socks, but maybe the shoes make the outfit. Like you planned your whole outfit around what shoes you're going to wear. Right. Or what if you're wearing sporty socks with a little Under Armour Nike logo on them and it's colorful like I'm wearing now? That's ugly with your outfit. Well, yeah. Yeah. And... Come on, how can somebody be that uptight that you have to take your shoes off in their house? We are a, I mean, I'll have repairman come in and they'll want to take their boots off. I'm like, uh-uh, no, we are a leave your shoes on house. We have two dogs. Come on, look at the floors. I mean, we're clean, but I would never make right. somebody take their shoes off in my house. Yeah. I think that that's a little bit ridiculous. That does drive me crazy. Some cultures, though... I understand that. Yeah. Because some in Thailand, they make you wash your feet before you go in right. somewhere because but we're it's not so in dirty. Thailand. I know, we're I know. I'm Asia. just saying. We're I'm just America. saying. I'm just saying. Where yoga pants have become the norm. Yeah. Casualization of America. And for example, 
Um, years ago, we used to get more dressed up when we flew. And now yoga pants are acceptable. Don't make somebody take your 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 clothes off. <laughs> don't make don't make somebody take your shoes off when they come to your house. Okay. Another thing that drives me crazy is um, parents that say, oh, "My child would never do that." I mean, the minute you say, "My child would never do that," your kid's gonna do it, and that's a fact. So, I'm a a true believer, firm believer in never say never, and you can't say my child would never do that. Also, you don't know what your child's doing. You really don't. That's a whole other, you know, hour of discussion. Yeah. Yeah, like, you admit when I fuck up or one of us fucks up, you're like, yeah. I would say, what my what my kid do? Instead of, not my child, I would say, uh-oh, what happened? Right. Which one? Who did it? Oh, that little rascal. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Her again? <laughs> Damn it. We've had this talk. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we're going to move into the... Don't you have to leave? Quote? You have to go. You guys, I appreciate you coming here today to your own home yeah <laughs> in your no kitchen. problem <laughs> um hey, again not like i experiment. had a choice <laughs> this is an experiment uh-huh. total experiment and i got all this equipment for christmas and it's been sitting here for a month and i went to use it the other day and i forgot my tech friend matt came and spent a couple hours with me and um and then when he left a couple days later i tried to uh hook it all up and I forgot everything that he taught me so he had to come over again so I got it I think I got it and I hope it works but um, let's end with quote of the day and I love this quote I think it says so much and it is and I don't know who the I found a couple different authors but um it is, I was raised to treat a janitor with the same respect as the CEO. And I think it's somebody that is famous that said it. So give me a call if you know who the author is. But I found from Tom Hardy to Steve Jobs, and I don't know who really said it, but it is very powerful. And I know I was raised to um, treat the janitor with the same respect and I think I have taught you guys the same being in the restaurant industry um, we kind of are the staff so when we go to a function um, I always want to like hang out with the, the waiters and the waitresses and the staff versus the people that are attending the function but uh, what do you guys think what's your quote I like that quote mom heard it before it's it's pretty profound Um, My quote, I just saw someone posted on Instagram, and I kind of was looking at it, I was like, dang, that is, it just kind of spoke to me. So, it is by Hubert Reeves, who is a French-Canadian astrophysicist and popularizer of science. And it says, he says, man is the most insane species. He worships an invisible god and destroys a visible nature. 
unaware that this nature he's destroying is this God he's worshiping. Wow. And I just kind of thought that was super relevant um, mm-hmm. with all the climate change issues that we are experiencing right now, especially with Australia. Donate if you can. Yeah, so I wanted to share that. I love that. Yep. Thank you, Joes. You're welcome. Ian? Ian, you got a quote there? I also have a good one by my uh, good friend, FDR. Oh, yeah. He says, happiness lies in the joy of achievement and the thrill of creative effort, which I think is pretty relevant right now, just the, given that we're doing a pretty creative thing with this podcast. Um, so hopefully... Out of our comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little different, and this being creative is a fun way to just like open up And we're overcoming things. our fear with yeah. a little bit of creativity. I don't know if this is considered creativity, but it definitely is overcoming a fear. I mean, every morning I get up and look at this equipment, I come downstairs, I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. No way. People are too critical. And then you totally scared me, Josie. Why? By telling me um, that you just get completely brutalized on Twitter. Oh, I mean, you will. No matter what. I don't care. I know. Is somebody going to ban me from going grocery shopping or... No. I mean, I'm 53. (laughs) What could they possibly say? That I can't believe you swear in front of your child? Well, I think that's true. I mean, our generation looks more at social media and comments, and I think they mean more. Not maybe mean more, but we're more used to it and we see it more than you do. Right. We know how to find it if we wanted to look at criticisms. Whereas you are able to ignore it because you're not looking for it. Yeah. And but it still hurts. I mean, you can, you can get a thousand nice comments, but that one mean comment might stick with you. Right. And you'll think about it. But hopefully what do you that call doesn't... those people? Trolls. Oh, haters. Yeah, haters. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, we didn't have trolls or haters. We just, we just called them basic assholes. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, so that's okay. You know, I have pretty thick skin. I've been through a lot and, um, and I can take it. And where are they going to, what are they going to tweet me? How do I even get a Twitter? I mean, do you think I can, I think I know? No, I want to get the message out to parents and to people listening. Um, yeah, but I also hope people my age listen to this too. That, that was, that was one of the first goals of this podcast. Right. When you started it, you wanted it to be. Like a, gener- a generational thing. Right. One of the Both. names was like bridging the gab. Oh, yeah. Instead of bridging the gap. Yeah. Kind of corny. Yeah. Super corny. That's okay, though. That's how, yeah. that's how you roll. Yeah. Like your cousin Emily, who's 13, wants to come on and she wants, she has some great questions. She wants to um, well, ask. Don't, 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 don't spoil it now. Okay, Save okay, that okay, for okay. the next episode. Yes. Ian, any thoughts? Some content. Uh, no, it's the first podcast I've been featured on, so <laughs> forward to be reinvited. <laughs> Hopefully the fans take me, take my opinions well. Oh, a future segment, twins. Ian's a twin. Twins. Got a beautiful sister. Beautiful twin sister. Happy, yeah. la- happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What do we say? How do we end it? Over and out. Uh, and that ladies and gents was one for the road oh one for the road (laughs) wait wait what do you call a roadie wait let's just back up do you ever take one for the road 
It's illegal. I know. I know. People my age, we've all done it. We used to call them um, road pops or roadies. Yeah. If you ever have, you don't have to tell me. I hope you have it. No. Because it is illegal. It's super illegal. Right. But what? What is that <laughs> smile? What's the smirk? What do no, you call it if absolutely. you do? Uh, uh, we, we don't have a name. A traveler? We don't, we don't do it. No. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. And on that, we're going to end it. Okay. Thank you. You're Being welcome. honest and open. Thank you. All right. Thanks. See you next week. Okay, I have to include this segment called Love in the Land for anybody living in Cleveland, going to visit Cleveland, or just passing through. Take a little extra time next time you're visiting the West Side Market and walk up to the middle, at least the middle. If you don't want to go over the entire bridge, just walk up to the middle of the Hope Memorial Bridge. That's the bridge formerly known as the Lorraine Carnegie Bridge, and it crosses the Cuyahoga. But if you notice... The four statues have a different face on each side. So there are eight different, uh, let's call them deco gods. So these guardians of traffic, um, some say are there to protect the city and they symbolize the progress of transportation. Not to mention while you're down there, the view of the city is amazing. Another thing you have to do if you're down there at the West Side Market is go to the Glass Bubble Project. This is one of my favorite things to do in the city. Unfortunately, it's not free. Viewing the statues and walking the bridge is free. But the Glass Bubble Project is right down on, I believe it's on Bridge and West 25th. It's behind, right next to Mitchell's Ice Cream. And I took my family there about six years ago and we blew glass together. It was a great family outing. And we each made a glass and a paperweight. And then this past December, we went with one of our management groups and it was amazing everybody had a great time everybody made you got to pick between an ornament a glass or a paperweight and it's quite an experience uh unfortunately it's not free but it is something that you can do with a date your family or a group of friends and it's called the glass bubble project and you actually get to blow the glass so i would highly recommend doing this with somebody for a fun event. Okay, and then I'm going to wrap it up with a question, a fun fact. How many bridges do you think are in Cleveland alone? So that's Cleveland proper. Okay, there are 80, 80 bridges that can carry traffic. And if you add them all up, it says that they total over five miles long. So I think that's a fun fact. You can impress somebody next time you're talking about trivia or facts for Cleveland. You guys, thank you for listening. If you like Irish whiskey and drinking.